This is Matt Connickson. I'm the sales agronomist with CHX Ag Services in Oakley, Minnesota. We're pleased to bring you this update from the Red River Farm Network. CHS Ag Services, providing solutions for your success. Tuesday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Randy Conan, along with Whitney Pittman. We'll also hear a report from Sierra Doctor as well. Well, a winter storm warning in effect across parts of North and South Dakota. National Weather Service uh, Bismarck-based meteorologist Megan Jones says the system will have more narrow bands of wintry weather. So we do have a winter storm warning in effect for much of South Central and Southeast North Dakota. That starts at noon today and goes through noon tomorrow, which is Wednesday. So we are expecting heavy snow and blowing snow. It's going to be moving up from South Dakota. And we are expecting some snow bands to set up. So it's a little bit different than some of our other events where we get, you know, really widespread higher amounts of snow. Instead, we're going to be getting kind of a band setting up. And so there's a little bit of uncertainty with the forecast still and where exactly that band sets up. Um, it could certainly be shifted a little bit from where we have the highest forecast snow totals right now. So that's going to be something to keep an eye on. Six to ten inches of snow is expected across south-central into southeast North Dakota, tapering off into southwest North Dakota. This afternoon and into this evening, winds are going to be from the east-northeast. Um, that'll be at about um, sustained 20 to 25 miles an hour. Um, could get a little bit higher overnight, especially in the James River Valley into the Red River Valley area, um, but those are still going to be from the northeast. And then as we go through the day tomorrow, snow is going to be tapering off and the winds are also going to be diminishing. Um, so luckily not too long-lived of a winter storm. USDA economist Carrie Litkowski says debt is expected to climb faster than the value of assets in the farming industry, but she does expect some input costs to decline at least slightly. We're expecting that the rate of growth for debt will be greater than the growth in assets. Debt is forecast to increase 3%. We are forecasting that fertilizer and feed expenses will decline in 2023, yet they will remain high. USDA Chief Economist Seth Meyer says it's going to be important to consider ways to save on inputs to avoid setbacks from an estimated decrease in commodity prices this year. For a producer, what's going to matter here is how do your input prices follow those output prices down. Soybean and Corn Advisor President Michael Cordonier cut his Argentine soybean crop estimate by 2 million metric tons due to ongoing drought conditions. Cordonier says Argentina is just a mess. Problem after problem. You know, they had uh, an unbelievable early frost a couple weeks ago uh, in the middle of the summer. You know, in the same area they had the frost, within the same week it went from 85 degrees to a frost and caught everybody by surprise. So everybody's lowering their numbers in Argentina. It, it, it keeps getting lower and lower. You know, everything that could go wrong did go wrong. Cordonier expects Argentina's farmers to be very slow sellers of soybeans. They're going to wait for another what they call soybean dollar, these special programs from the government where you can sell soybeans at, at a very favorable exchange rate. The government did it twice last year. <laughs> Everybody, including myself, think, well, they're going to do it a third time. Uh, so if I'm a farmer in Argentina, I just hold on to what I got and wait for this special exchange rate, you know, put more, more money in my pocket. So uh, the crushers in Argentina see the writing on the wall. Uh, they're already buying beans from Brazil. They're importing them. And uh, 
they're going to have a hard time sourcing, you know, spot sourcing soybeans. The USDA prospective plantings report will be released March 31st. Right now, surveys are being conducted and are due March 17th. Of course, those plans are subject to change, but USDA National Agriculture Statistics Services Lance Honing says this is the first look at what planting intentions are for the coming year. The prospective plantings report is always a highly anticipated report. Of course, it's USDA's first survey-based look at what planting intentions are for the upcoming season, that first gauge of what farmers expect to plant to the various crops during the upcoming crop season. We'll be reaching out to more than 70,000 producers and we're really asking how many acres of the various crops do you intend to plant at this time? There's always a lot of speculation out there, even leading up to this point about what acreage is gonna be. The survey can be filled out online. Honing says phone calls and possible farm visits will be conducted to make sure the data is received. Our goal is to get as many responses as we can. And so everybody gets an opportunity to either fill out that form and send it back in via the mail. You've got an opportunity to go out on the web and complete it there. But if you choose not to do that, we will start phoning uh, producers right at the end of February. We'll do that for a couple of weeks. So we might even send an enumerator out to the operation to collect that information. Higher replacement costs for dairy herd expansion could be the reality even after the USDA's cattle report showed a 2% decline in heifers kept this year, according to USDA livestock analyst Shale Shagum. When we got the January 1st cattle report, producers indicated that they were going to be holding back 2% fewer heifers for addition to the dairy herds in 2023, and approximately 2% fewer dairy heifers were going to be calving during 2023. Now, those lower replacement numbers were the lowest since 2005, but we're still looking at very high dairy replacement heifer prices. But still, if you're thinking about expanding your herd, you're going to be having to think about higher replacement costs than you might have otherwise. A contributing factor is an increase in slaughter of dairy cows. Another factor that plays into this was we've seen a relatively large increase in dairy cow slaughter. If we look at dairy cow slaughter through early February, you're running about 8% above a year ago. So we're seeing producers retaining fewer animals. We were seeing producers sending more of the existing herd to slaughter during the first part of 2023. 28 bipartisan lawmakers have sent a letter to USDA Secretary Tom Vilsack criticizing the department's lax oversight of U.S. farmland purchases by China's Fufeng Group near Grand Forks. The letter stated that as the foreign acquisition of farmland increases, it's evident more oversight is needed to protect local farmers, rural communities, and our national security. Plans for the Fufeng Group to buy farmland near the Air Force base were recently shut down after the Air Force said Chinese ownership of the land posed a security risk. You're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Tuesday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. This past uh, weekend, uh, winds topped 100 miles per hour across parts of the southern plains, across Texas, Oklahoma, and Kansas. Texas Wheat Producers Director of Communications Darby Campsey says the windstorm has affected some of the dryland wheat crop. The recent windstorms, you know, our main concern is if the wheat has a strong enough root system developed to withstand those high winds. 
And, you know, unfortunately, I think a lot of producers who planted in the fall were planting into dry conditions, um, and we may have had some pretty short root systems developed because then they went into winter dormancy. So we have certainly heard about wheat being pulled out of the ground. Um, You know, at this point in its life cycle, it can't really act as much of a cover crop to keep the dirt on the ground. The three-year ongoing drought in the Southern Plains means soil moisture was already dry before the winds swept through. Campsy says some of the wheat crop can still be utilized for grazing. We, we don't have a good idea of abandonment at this time of the year because a lot of producers are still choosing to graze their wheat. So the deadline for cattle to come off of wheat in Texas is March 15th. So we still have some time for producers to have their cows out on the wheat. So many will not start to abandon acres until, you know, around the next month or so if they are going to do it. So we'll start to hear more about that in the coming weeks. Red River Valley Sugar Beet Growers Association is in Washington this week to meet with legislators. Executive Director Harrison Weber says they have key objectives for their visits. One of the biggest priorities is to educate large numbers of legislators who have not dealt with Farm Bill before. Grains are mostly softer as traders liquidate long positions. Van On and Company CEO Jim Emter says the action in the grains is mostly technical. Investment money has liquidated ever since this attack on inflation has been happening with the higher interest rate. Managed money has been the sole holder here in corn and soybeans, trying to hold those markets together. So this capitulation is really a component of managed money liquidation and then farmers kind of jumping on and hitting the panic button a little bit here. And I really feel like at these price counts we get down to towards $6 in corn towards that 850 level in spring wheat, towards $14 in beans, you're just going to see the farmer panic shut off because it's too much give up. And again, that's where we'd find those bigger support areas. Emter says we should see uh, demand pick up at some of these lower prices. Oh, I really, I really think so. When you look to a uh, crusher, when you look to a cattle perspective, when you look to any number of things, you're going to see the world and the U.S. look to value here if we can get down to these next price counts. So again, you know, I think there's some inherent support, but one step in front of the other, we got to make sure managed money's done liquidating before you really see that stair step. And right now it's kind of a get me out type attitude. They happen fast. We always joke that the markets are usually up on an escalator down in an elevator shaft. And that's exactly what's happening here with major liquidation in a major way. Basis bids at the six regional grain elevators, followed by the Red River Farm Network, generally 10 cents wider than two weeks ago. Spring wheat basis bids range from 30 to 70 under the May Minneapolis futures contract. Corn basis ranging from 30 to 50 cents under the May futures. Soybean basis ranging from 45 to 85 cents under the May soybean futures. South Dakota's crop progress showed topsoil moisture supplies 38% short to very short, 60% adequate and 2% surplus, that according to the USDA. Winter wheat conditions rated 3% poor to very poor, or rather 3% very poor, 17% poor, 80% fair to excellent. Consortium of Common Food Names has named Jeff Schweiger as its new chairman. Schweiger was most recently served as CEO of specialty cheese producer Tori. Schweiger succeeds Erico Archero, 
who uh, led the uh, uh, Consortium for Commodity uh, Common Food Names since its founding in 2012. This is the Red River Farm Network. Welcome to Inside Agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. The House Agriculture Committee held a hearing this morning. Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Sierra Doctor has more. American Farm Bureau Federation President Zippy Duval testified at this morning's hearing to discuss the egg economy. Duval says farm income for the upcoming year isn't keeping up with costs. USDA's most recent farm sector income forecast sees uh, a decrease in net farm income in 2023 down 15.9%. Adjusted for inflation, that's 18% drop. The same report estimates that farm ranch production expenses will continue to increase by $18 billion. Short and long-term interest rates also high and rising double and triple what it was just a year ago. We need to be sure that the doubling and tripling of interest rates does not cause the farm debt crisis. And Duval says the new and beginning farmers are especially vulnerable to the fluctuating economy. I am especially concerned about our beginning farmers, those that are forced to borrow for succession planning, and other farmers who have made recent uh, new investments. Affordable, reliable, abundant energy is critical to the farmers and ranchers. Energy is necessary for all farm production, and we continue to ride a roller coaster ride of high energy and in input costs. But along with the challenges, there are humongous opportunities for ahead for agriculture. We need a strong farm policy. The federal regu uh, regulations have a direct impact on farmers and ranchers. Reporting agriculture's business. I'm Sierra Doctor on the Red River Farm Network. Checking markets before we leave you this afternoon. May wheat Minneapolis is down three quarters of a penny, eight sixty-seven and three quarters. Chicago may wheat down three at seven oh seven, and Kansas City may wheat down two and a quarter, eight fourteen and three quarters. May corn down thirteen cents at six thirty and a half. December corn down six and three quarters at five sixty-nine and a quarter. May soybeans down thirty-two and a quarter at fourteen eighty and a half. November soybeans down twenty-three cents at 13.49 in Winnipeg May canola down seven dollars a metric ton at 8.16.70 Canadian April live cattle 50 cents higher 165.47 June's up 55 April feeder cattle 60 cents higher 194.82 May is up 75 April lean hogs 42 cents higher at 85.15 the June hogs down 42 cents thanks for joining us have a great afternoon this is the Red River Farm Network